Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. We're glad that you're here, and uh, I want to take a moment, and we're going to pray for another church in our community. So um, if you will, we're going to pray today for Providence Baptist Church. And so let's, uh, let's bow our heads and let's say a word of prayer. Let's just lift them up today. God, we thank you for uh, just what you're doing in our community. We thank you for what you're doing through so many incredible churches. And uh, God, we just lift up Providence Baptist Church to you today. Lord, their leadership, their pastor, their congregation. Lord, I pray that uh, God, you would use them in a significant way to build your kingdom and to reach people uh, for salvation and to be discipled. God, we just thank you in advance for everything that you're doing there. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. A couple of things really quickly, and then we're going to get into the message. You've been hearing me talk about the mission trip. That meeting is today, so uh, 1230 after this service, we'll all gather back in the Next Steps room at the end of the hall, and uh, we'll be able to give, uh, we'll have applications, be able to answer questions give some more information. Uh, I know I've talked to you about it. It's June the 9th through the 16th, so that kind of helps you helps you out there as well. $2,000 a person, doesn't have to pay, be paid all at once, $250 deposit. Uh, as soon as we can get that, that helps us get the ball rolling with reserving spots and all of those things. So uh, we would love for you to be a part of the meeting if you're interested. I've heard from people that are interested in going. So uh, stick around, ask some questions, get some details. And uh, I know there are some of you that have already told me you are going, and so I'm looking forward to, to meeting with you. Uh, but keep that in mind. That's right after this service uh, at about 1230. And then our grow groups kick off this week. So our spring semester is going to be 12 weeks long, be February, March, and April. And uh, we want you to be in a group. We believe in community. We believe in uh, growing together in our relationship with God and with each other. And so that's what Grow Groups are all about. So click on that, that Groups tab, go into the Grow Groups uh, part of that. And uh, there are 14 different options, morning, afternoon, night, like five different days of the week. So uh, there are a lot of options on there for you to, to pray about it and to say, Lord, where do you want me? Uh, where do you want me to, to be connected over the next 12 weeks uh, with this certain group of people or whatever? The great thing is uh, you don't even have to, listen, you don't even have to know who's going to be there. You can just ask the Lord, come on somebody, and let the Lord just point you in the right direction so that, uh, so that you can be where he wants you, uh, growing in relationship with him and with other people. So uh, we've been in this series called Dwell, and today is the last installment of this series. Come on, look at your neighbor say, you made it, you made it, you made it. This is it, this is it. All right, so today is part five, and uh, just to kind of recap what we've been talking about, I'll do it really briefly because... Uh, I want to get into what, what God's put on my heart today, but we've been asking this question, where do I keep coming back to? Where do I keep going back to in my life? What is it that I keep, uh, I keep going back to? When push comes to shove, I find myself here, because that's the place that we're dwelling. And hopefully, over the last several weeks, you have been uh, adjusting, maybe you've been shifting, you've been allowing the Lord to work on your heart so that you can find yourself dwelling in a different place in 2023, dwelling in His presence and dwelling in the things that we've been talking about, which... Uh, this is where we've been in the series. Part one, we talked about denying ourselves, and, and uh, come on, that was a fun message. We jumped into 21 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, I believe that it's important for us to deny ourselves and, and take up our cross follow Jesus. That's what Jesus said. If you want to be his disciple, you've got to do that. We talked about walking with the Lord, 
the importance of that, not just running our race, but taking time to walk with him. Embracing the truth was week three. Last week, we talked about leveling up in our prayer life and in our marriage and in generosity. And today, uh, for the conclusion of this series, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've simply titled the message, Live in Community. Live in Community. And I want us to be able to say this, that community is what I keep coming back to in my life. Like the, the people that God has placed around me, the people that I have inserted my, myself you know, intentionally into this community, this is where I keep coming back to in my life. This is what I keep, uh, keep going back to and where I dwell and where I live is in community. And so here's our, uh, if you want to call it this, our working definition of community for this message uh, would be this. A group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes interests and goals and so this is what we're talking about in community now uh, different when we think of community we think of different things right if you've ever lived in a neighborhood before you probably thought of that as like your community when somebody said hey we need to like reach out to our community sometimes we think of our city sometimes we think of our county sometimes you think about the people that you live around I know when we lived in a neighborhood you'd be walking down maybe you can relate you'd be walking down the road and you'd see people on their front porch and you would just talk to them like you knew them and you may not have, have talked to them in the last you know six months but you would talk to them because it just feels like we share this in common we have this in common. We ha you have a house, and I have a house, and we're in this neighborhood together, and we have this in common. So it kind of feels like community. Um, another thing we think about community is there are different, um, different types of groups and jobs and things like that that just kind of have this natural community. One of, those, uh, one of those would be teachers. Come on, any teachers in the room today? You teach somewhere? Come on, it's like a, it's like a teaching community. Come on, somebody. Uh, like, you know, you, you can get together and you can talk about things that nobody else will really understand. I know for me, uh, there's like this pastor community, right? We're a part of a network of churches and we have other pastors and some of them, we've been able to bring them in and they've spoken here in the church uh, different times. But uh, there's like this community where you can get together and you can talk about things uh, that nobody else would really even understand, right? It's like there's something in common. There's something that we share together. Um, I think about athletic community, right? It's like, you know, athletes, it's kind of like, like you feel like you're a part of this community. And so uh, a community is a group of people who are connected together because they have something in common. So what I want to talk to you about today is I want to talk to you about uh, living in community with other followers of Jesus, with people that you have something in common with. Like you're, you're moving in the same direction. We say it a lot that way that uh, there's something good about it. There's something significant that happens when we are consistently around people who are moving in the same, going in the same direction that we are going. Anybody ever been around a group of people that you discovered they're just not going in the same direction I am, and, and you're, you know, you're running after Jesus, and maybe they you know, are believers, and they would call themselves Christians, but man, they're just, like, you're just passionate about the Lord, and you're like, I need to get around some people who are passionately in love with Jesus and her going in the same direction that I am. I think there's something important about it, uh, this idea of community and being around these people. And here's the reality, okay? We have to get this. Uh, one person said it this way. They said, content consumption is no substitute for community. So if you're like me, I, like, I enjoy coming to church, right? And some of you are like, well, you're the pastor. I really hope that you enjoy <laughs> coming to church, all right? Uh, but maybe you enjoy coming to church, and you, you enjoy coming and sitting in a row and being encouraged and being challenged and worshiping together, and it's, it's an important part of your week, and you set aside, you know, the first part of your week, I think there's something significant about that as well. Um, but content consumption, just knowing more, 
hearing more, like if you're like me, all throughout the week I'm listening to podcasts and audio books and things like that, and we love to, there are some of us who really love to consume content, like teach me something, show me something, get, but content consumption can never replace community with actual people. So there's something significant about you showing up today and, and sitting in this seat and being together with you know, people that you are, are kind of connected with and your family and things like that. Uh, one pastor says it this way, and I love this. It's stuck with me, and I say it often. Circles are always better than rows. You being in a circle is always going to be better than you being in a row. Because you being in a row, you might be consuming content, you're taking notes, you're writing things down, you might be learning and growing in that way, but there is something that happens in the context of community and being in a circle with other people that you just can't get in a row. You just can't get it in seven minutes in the lobby in between services. I mean, you just, you, you, there's something about being in community with other people that's significant. And as I was thinking about this, I want you to, to just, because this is what we do sometimes. Many, and some of you know this about me, some of you don't know this about me. I'm actually a pretty introverted person. Um, I know, right? <laughs> I'm actually, like, I can do alone time. I can do, you know, like, just, just me, myself, and I. You know what I mean? Like, that, in a way, that kind of refuels me to, to kind of have that time to just be to myself and read something or study something or listen to something or whatever. Uh, and so, but, but here's what we have a tendency to do. We'll say things like this, and maybe you've said this in the past. I know these are, you know, things that it doesn't come natural to me. But we'll say things like, well, I don't really need to be around anybody. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, I don't really need anybody else in my life. Yes, you do. Well, I can, I can do this whole thing on my own. Like, like Christianity is a personal relationship with me and the Lord. And I don't really need anybody else. Yes, you do. I can do this whole thing on my own. No, you can't. No, you can't. Have you read your New Testament? Have you read, have you, have you read the New Testament in your Bible? Like, there is no such thing as Lone Ranger followers of Jesus in the New Testament. It's one another, one another, they want another, they want another, they want another, they want another. Like, everything is one another. They prayed for one another, they encouraged one another, they did, like, everything is about one another. Like, people were coming into community, they were like, all right, now we're doing this together. We're doing this together. There's something about community. We need it. And as a church, you probably know this. But we facilitate this primarily through grow groups. And that may not be the only way that you find community, but it is what we felt like the Lord led us to do. Like, hey, Sundays are great. Worshiping together is great, and it's necessary, and we want you to be here, and it's important that you're here. But man, throughout the week, that you have that opportunity to get together with a group of people and learn and grow and grow in your relationship with God, grow in your relationship with other people, be in community together. It's important. It's important. And uh, this is where discipleship happens, this is where we grow, this is where we mature, but it's important for you to, to grow and mature. And what's interesting to me is that one aspect of you maturing can actually only come through community. That we can grow and we can mature and we can know more of the word, but there is something about, there is something about 8, 10, 12, 15 people getting together in a room and talking about life, talking about God's word, encouraging one another, like all of these things. There's something important about it. 
So I want to talk to you about this, and here's what I'm just going to tell you up front what my goal is today. <laughs> my goal is to, to encourage you to be in community. I want to give you some benefits of community, and I want to take the, uh, I want to take the scary off of community. Because there are some things about community that are benefits for you that you may not, as we go through some of these, you may not even feel like, that, like in the past, I haven't even felt like this was a benefit. But there are some benefits to community that you need to know. And my goal today is to push you to experience these in your life. To push you into a, a circle of people that you can do life with and you can grow together with. So here's point number one. Benefit of community. Community is where you're known. Community is where you're known. Now you know this and you, and, and you guys are great and I know you don't struggle with this, alright? I know that you don't. You don't struggle with this. But there, there is no way, there is no way for me to know all of you. There's no way. There's no way for my wife to know all of you, even though she's so much better at it than I am. And some of you are like, yes, she is. Like, I, you know, <laughs> she is so much better at knowing people and, and all of that. And it's not, listen, and it's not that I don't love you, but you, you can't know 400 people. You can't, like, you need a group of people. I need a group of people. And community is where we're actually known by somebody. Somebody actually knows your name. You ever, you ever thought about a certain person, and maybe you'll think about them right now, and from a distance you were looking at them, and, and you had this thought, you're like, wow, wow. Look at their life. Look at how everything's put together. It seems like everything is going great. And then the closer you got to them, and you started getting to know them more, and you, could, like, you were connecting with them, and then you know, after about six months went by, like, the, the distant wow turned into like, now you know them a little bit, and you're like, wow. Come on, didn't this happen when you got married? Like on the, on the outside, you were like, you were like, wow, like I've got to marry this person. And then some time goes on and you learn how they brush their teeth. Come on, you learn how they sleep at night. You learn some of their habits and their patterns and, and, and like your wow turns into like, wow. <laughs> but here's the thing. Most of us, listen, most of us are scared of that. So we avoid community because we don't want people to know us. We avoid being around other people in intimate settings because we don't really want to be known. One pastor said it this way. He said that most of us are so busy trying to keep up our image of what we want people to think about us that we don't even have time to actually be ourselves or get better. We're so wired to try to give you, like give each other this perception of who we are instead of being known by each other. We, we feel like we have to have it all together. And, if, and if, you were, if you were being honest, there's probably people in your life, and maybe I'm one of those people that you're like, I really hope, like I really want him to have it all together. I really want her to have it all together. I really want to be able to look at them and say like, wow, like I want to aspire to be them. But here's the reality. We are all human beings trying to live out our faith and follow Jesus in this world. Man, and you need some people around you that know you, that know you. Community is where you're known. 
for most of us, I think that we're convinced that if people really knew who we were and what we were really like, they wouldn't like us. But if they really knew, they would walk away. If they really knew, I would actually be alone. If they really knew, people wouldn't want to be around me. But we need community. We need it. Some of us, uh, I heard one, one speaker, he kind of coined this phrase, and, it, and I love this phrase. He said that some of us, maybe most of us, I don't know, you can, you can see if this is you. He said that we tend to be pretendaholics. Everything in our, in our life is about pretending. We, right, we, we pretend to know the answer. You ever met somebody that even if they didn't know the answer, they could confidently give you an answer and make you think that they knew the answer? And you would walk away thinking, that must be right, you know? Like, you can say, you can almost say anything in confidence and people will be like, you know what I heard? This is, this is God honest truth right here because somebody said it to me with confidence. Right? Like, some, there's, there's some, like, we pretend even when we don't know the answer, we just pretend to have an answer. Our kids ask this question, and we're like, yep, this is what you need to do. And then we walk away behind closed doors, and we're like, I have no idea. <laughs> like, I have no idea. Like, we're, we're just, we tend to be pretend hawks. We pretend to have a great job. We pretend to make more money than we actually do. We pretend that our marriage is great. We pretend that we're not actually addicted to that thing and that we could stop if we really wanted to. I'm touching something right now. We pretend. We pretend. We have a tendency to pretend that things are a certain way because we want everybody else to think that things are a certain way. But community, the the importance, the significance of community is that there are people who actually know you, who actually know you. And we, we, we tend to pretend but we all really need relationships where we can drop the image and we can drop the, the manufactured, I'm cool. I'm good. Everything's great. And I'm not telling you, this is not a message that is telling you to go out and just, and just tell everybody your problems. But you need some people who know you. You need some people that you can call and say, Anxiety is at on another level today, and I need you to pray for me. And they know that we've already talked about that, and I know you struggle with that. So I'm going to pray for you. Like, community is where we're known. Here's what James, the brother of Jesus, uh, he said this. He said in James chapter 5, Therefore confess your sins to one another, which for most of us we would stop there and be like, Nope. What else you got? <laughs> you know? What's, what's next, you know, because I'm leaving that part out. I don't want to be known. I don't want to be known. He says, but confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. And as I was thinking about this, uh, one, one person, as I was reading some different things, one person made this statement that is so true, so true. This is what they said. The proof that you need this and ultimately want this is that when you find this, you actually like this. The proof that you want this and actually need this is found in when you experience this, you like it. Anybody ever, anybody ever had somebody in your life that just accepted you for you? 
They just accepted you for you. They knew all this about you. They knew what your past was. They knew what you were struggling with right now. And they just accepted you for you. And it wasn't about your title. And it wasn't about what you could do for them. But they just liked you for you. Here's what I know. You liked that. You liked that. When there was somebody in your life that meant it was like, I don't have to pretend. I can just be me. And they love me. All of my mess, all of my hang-ups, all the things that I struggle with, all the things that we've talked about, and they just love me for me. And the, the reality that you like that is the proof that you need it. You need it. It's not easy. It's not convenient. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. But community is where we're known. And James, I think that, that one way, just putting it in my own words, is that he would say, do you know what ultimately brings healing in your life? Being known. Having people that can pray for you and what you're walking through. Having people that you can say, this is, this is what I'm struggling with right now, and they can stop and they can pray for you. Like that you would have connection with people in that way. Some practical things I was thinking about for all, all of us that are married. Isn't it true that the more time you spend together, the more you know them, and the more you know them, the more you actually discover this deeper love for them than you thought was possible? Because you're getting to know them more, and you're like growing closer together. There's more intimacy and connection. Thinking about this with, with our kids as parents, the parents in the room, like the more time you spend with your kids, the more you get to know your kids, the more you, you discover their personality and how you can pray for them and how you can be there for them. And it just, form, like it just deepens this love that you have for the people in your life. And I think this happens in community as followers of Jesus. That the more we're around each other, the more we, we open up to each other, the more we have some one another's in our life, the deeper the relationship goes, the more we love one another. And Jesus said, here's how, like the world takes notice whenever it sees you loving one another, when you're loving each other well. And I think this just deepens it. Community's where we're known. It's where we're known. The first church, I was thinking about this, the first church in the New Testament, they, they knew each other. They were in community. They were in relationship. We need some one another's who know us know us and this might be the hardest one because we don't know some of you are thinking right now i don't really know if i want somebody to know me i don't know if i really want somebody to know me can i can i just tell you today there will only be so far you can go with that there's only going to be so far you can go with that and we just have a tendency to pretend when we need some people in our lives that know us, and communities where we're known. Here's number two. Community makes the burden lighter. Community makes the burden lighter. Um, how, anybody at church today say, I carry a burden? Like you're carrying a burden, right? We're all looking around. We're like, yeah, we're all probably carrying a burden. There's something we're carrying. I, I just jotted down some things here. You know, my wife's going through treatment right now, and it's something I'm carrying. My kids aren't really living for the Lord right now, and it's something that I'm carrying. My job may have to be laying some people off, and it's something that I'm carrying. 
My marriage has really been struggling. It's something that I'm carrying. My finances have been tight for a while, and it's something I'm carrying. I've got a huge decision I need to make, and it's something I'm carrying. Depression is a struggle for me, and it's something that I continue to carry. And look at what Paul wrote. This is is to believers. Okay, this is Galatians chapter 6, and you probably are familiar with this verse, but look at what he says. He says, bear, here it is again, one another's burdens, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. If you don't have some one another's in your life, then there is nobody that can help fulfill what the Bible tells us to do in your life. To bear the burden with you. To get up under the burden with you. If you don't have one another's in your life, there is nobody that you are probably getting up under the burden with somebody else to help them bear the burden that they're carrying. And Paul would say, listen, here's what you need to do as believers. Here's what, here's what we need to do. We bear one another's burdens. We help carry the load. I was thinking about, for those of you that, if you, if you work out, then you'll kind of get this. Um, but there's this thing in working out called a spotter. Everybody familiar with the term spotter? And I was, and I was thinking about this, all right? So if, 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 you're, if you're on the bench and you're bench pressing, you really want to have a spotter. And here's what the spotter does. When you get in a, oh my gosh, moment, the spotter helps you lift it. And now what was a, what was a struggle, what was a difficult thing for you to carry, what was something that was, listen, wearing you out. You have somebody there with you who can lift. And here's, and here's the great thing about a spotter. It doesn't even like, they don't even have to get under the bar and really grab it and, you know, like lift that thing up. Here, like, and, and maybe you've experienced this before. When you're struggling to get that bar up, it's just this. Like you're straining and you're trying, like you're carrying this load, you're trying to lift this load. And somebody comes right behind you and they're like. And all of a sudden what was so hard for you becomes a little bit lighter for you to finish it out. Because you had a spotter. (laughs) Woe to the person who doesn't have a spotter. (laughs) That may not be in your Bible, but it's true. Actually, it's in your Bible. It's probably not worded that way. (laughs) Like, community helps make the burden lighter. Some of us are carrying things that are heavy, that there could be some other people that come around us and say, you know what, what do you need? How can I pray for you? How can I help carry this load? How can I be there for you? How How can I encourage you in this moment? Community is where the burden becomes lighter. I think about the, the, first, the very first church in the New Testament. If you read, it, it just it blows my mind when you read Acts, especially at the very beginning. Like these are all the things they were devoted to. They were continuously together. They were fellowshipping together. They were in community together. And if somebody had a need, and this is what, it doesn't say it this way, but this is how we would say it today. Somebody has a need and somebody else would be like, you know what I'll do? I'll just go sell my car. So that I can, so that, like we can, we can come help meet the need. 
that people would, would sell their possessions for this community. For what this community was all about and who they were following. I mean, that's, if that's not helping carry the load, I don't know what is. And Paul would say, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, here's, here's part of the calling. Bear one another's burdens. But you can't bear somebody else's burden if you don't have a somebody else in your life. And somebody else can't help bear the burden for you if they're not in your life. And community, come on, it's a benefit. Community makes the burden lighter. Here's point number three. Community provides encouragement. Community provides encouragement. I don't know that I've ever met somebody that if you were to ask them, do you need some encouragement? No, I'm just full <laughs> of encouragement. I really don't need any more. I've had so much encouragement just within myself this week that I don't need you to say anything nice to me. <laughs> we just don't feel that way. We don't. And community provides encouragement. I think there's something important about, you know, I, I love the, the, the moment in David's life where the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord like David found strength in the Lord as God. And I think there's, I think there's something significant about that, like in those moments where, where you can't encourage yourself in the Lord. But my goodness, there is, something, there is something so powerful about a community of people encouraging one another. There is something so powerful about walking into our day and you get a text message from somebody that you're in community with that says, I'm praying for you today and you got this and God's with you and I know you're walking into that meeting and God's going to be with you in that meeting and they're just encouraging you and building you up. And the Greek New Testament word for encourage, it means the act of building, building up, edifying, edification, the act of one who promotes, look at this, promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, holiness, or a building of any kind. It's a picture of people coming alongside each other in a circle, in community, and building one another up. I'm going to build you up toward Jesus. And I love what one writer said. Uh, they said it this way. Encouragement is brick by brick, word by word, action by action, building towards Jesus. It's one brick at a time, it's one word at a time, it's one action at a time, and we're encouraging each other, we're in community together, we're encouraging each other, and we're building each other up toward Jesus. And I just pulled out a few verses, not an exhaustive list, but just some, some verses to point out to you how the Bible speaks over and over and over again about encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. Look at this, this is in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who, has, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider, look at this, how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. First Thessalonians 5, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you also are doing. Hebrews chapter 3, but encourage one another every day as long as it's still called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Romans chapter 14 verse 19, so when we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another we pursue the things which make for peace and what is something else we pursue the building up of one another community is meant to be an encouragement for us where we are encouraging one another and here's 
here's something that, uh, that I find interesting about the Scriptures. Nowhere in the Scripture, nowhere in the Scripture did Jesus say, as I have modified you, go modify one another. It's not in there. Nowhere in the scripture did, did Jesus say, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength, and fix thy neighbor. Can I let you in on a little secret? I've learned this. You can't fix anybody. I can't fix anybody. But is there anybody else? Listen, can we just be honest for a minute? Is there anybody else other than me that struggles? You see something and you're like, I've got to fix it. We need to modify. We've got to do this differently. And, and here, like, nowhere, nowhere in the Word of God will you see, well, let us consider how we can criticize one another. It's not in there. It's not in there. And isn't it just like the enemy to take something that, that God said, hey, let us, let us consider how we can encourage one another and build each other up and spur one another along to love and good deeds and to take that and start pointing. Listen, and am I the only one that struggles with this where the enemy will start pointing things out to you about other people? Did you see that? Did you see what they did? Did you see how they handled that? Did you see, come on, did you see their face? And we just have this tendency to look at that and think, I've got to fix them. Like, as I have modified you, you should go around and you should modify everybody else. Listen, if, if we would take to heart the words of the Bible and we would be people that encourage one another, whoo, what could God do through a body of believers that says, we just encourage each other all the time? We, like... What is it like in your grow group? Oh. Oh. Just like that too. Oh. <laughs> we just, we encourage each other. We build each other up. We point each other back to Jesus. Anytime that we, anytime that we are speaking truth to one another, it's in love and it's in grace and we're doing it how Jesus did. Like, like we're just, everything we do is to just encourage and build each other up toward following Jesus. See, this is what community does. Community is meant to be a tool. It's, it's a group of people. It's a circle of people who encourages one another. We need some one another's in our lives to encourage us, and we need some one another's in our lives who can be encouraged by us, where we can build each other up. And here's point number four. Community protects you. Community protects you. Um, I want to read something. This is, we, we read these verses at weddings. We read these verses in different situations, but I want to read them today. This is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, two are better than one 
because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one. Somebody say, woe to the one. Some translations say, pity the person. Pity the person who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily torn apart. Worship team, you can go ahead and come back. Having one another's in your life protects you from staying down. It protects you from staying down. It's easy to stay down. It's easy to stay depressed and discouraged or you fill in the blank when we're all alone with our thoughts and our failures. When we're all alone with our own thoughts and our own failures and we don't have anybody else in our life and we're not in community, we're not living in community with other people, it's so easy for us to stay in that place. And what's interesting about, come on, anybody ever watched National Geographic Channel and you know this imagery that's even, you know, even in the Bible? where the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour, and it's always the one off by themselves. It's always the one off by themselves. And there are some of us, I know I have been here in my own life, where you look back, come on, anybody ever look back, and you thought, hmm, if I had not walked away from community, if I had made community more of a priority in my life, I probably would not have gone down that road. If I had some other people speaking into my life and I was around them, and I probably would not have given into that. Most of the time, most of the time, we fall into things when we're alone. When we don't have other people in our lives that we're in connection with, in community with, that are speaking into our lives and that we're speaking into their lives, we have to be intentional to live in community. Having one another's in your life, it protects you from staying down. Having one another's in your life protects us from being overpowered by evil and sin. And having one another's in your life protects you from you. And I have said this before, but the easiest person for you to convince on a bad idea is you. Anybody ever had a conversation with yourself about something and you were trying to justify it? And you're like, well. The easiest person for you to lie to, come on, it's you. It's you. And we need some community. When you get people around you and you're being intentional about it, it can protect you from the deceitfulness of evil and the deceitfulness of sin and making bad decisions. Come on, you need, can we say it this way? You need some people in your life that will look at you and be like, that might be stupid. <laughs> that, I don't know. You need somebody that will walk up to you and be like, Scratch their head and be like, I don't know if I would do that. You know, you need somebody that you're walking up to and, and you're having a conversation and, and, and the conversation is like, you know, here's what I'm thinking about doing. And they're like, uh, maybe you need to sleep one more time. 
before you make that decision. Anybody ever made a decision like that and you went back and you're like, if there had been somebody to tell me to sleep on that before I sent that text or before I sent that email or before I called them or before I bought that or before I, you fill in the blank. I mean, sometimes we just need some people to protect us from ourselves and misleading ourselves and the deceitfulness of sin and evil and, and the temptation and all of those things. Like, we need community. Community is a protection. It's a protection thing. Will you stand to your feet? If you are, if you are avoiding community, or we could say it this way, if you are too busy for community, I really believe with all my heart you're missing out on being known. And I know, I know there are some of you in the room like me, and you're like, that's not my personality, and I love to read James, and I'm glad he was the brother of Jesus, but I don't need anybody to know me. And I would say to you, yes, you do. Yes, you do. There needs to be somebody somebody some listen some one another's that know you if you're if you're avoiding if you're too busy for community you're missing out on help carrying the load and the burdens that you're carrying if you are avoiding it if you're too busy for it you're missing out on encouragement from other people you're missing out on protection that can be around you to protect you sometimes even from you that can protect you from there's an enemy that's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour he's looking for somebody who's all alone who's down and discouraged and woe to the person who falls and doesn't have somebody around them to pick them up we've got to be people who live in community oh it's so important it is so important that we live in community. So I want to do this, all right? This is the last message of this series. So here's, here's how I want to end this series. I just want to remind us of where we've been. I want to remind us of what God is speaking to us as we've been going through these five weeks. And so do we have that, that slide? Deny our flesh because it's what disciples do. Walk with the Lord regularly. Embrace the truth of God's word. Level up in prayer, our marriages, and generosity, and live in communion and do we have that do we have that next one this is how we dwell we deny our flesh regularly not just in january jesus didn't say here's what it looks like to be a disciple deny yourself in january take up your cross in january follow me in january and then for 11 months just do what you want to do and i'll see you in 2024 I know that's funny, but that's not what Jesus said. I hope that it becomes a regular practice for you. That you would have regular times, even when we're not even doing it corporately, that you would even have a day every now and then where you're like, you know what I feel like the Lord's leading me to do today? To fast. I feel like he's leading me today to, to just fast. And at these times, I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God today. Walk with the Lord regularly. We can't, we can't run our race and run our race and run our race and never walk with God. We've got to walk with God. We've got to walk with God. Embrace the truth of God's word. What does that mean? The word of God will be the standard. It'll be the standard. 
I'm not going to try to change God's word to fit what I want it to say. No, God's word is going to be the standard. I want God's word to change me. God's word is going to change me. We're going to level up in prayer. Come on, we had 21 days where we were being intentional. We were showing up on Sunday nights and we were praying together. And we're believing God for what God said he can do. And we're going to go to another level in prayer. We're going to go to another level in our marriages. We're going to go to another level in being generous. That it's a pre-decided thing, not an emotional thing. No, I have pre-decided God's called me to be generous. And I'm going to be generous. I'm going to be generous with my finances. I'm going to be generous with my time. I'm going to be generous with what God's given me. I want to be a generous person. And we've got to live in community. And listen, here's, here's my hope and my prayer, and then I'll pray for you. Here's my hope, my prayer, is that over the next 12 weeks as you get in a group, maybe some of you have never even been in a group. This will be the first group you've ever been in. Here's what I'm hoping happens. That as you get in a group and you spend the next 12 weeks or the next however many times it is that you're gathering over that period of time, that you would leave that and you'd be like, I hate that this is over. And why don't we just keep getting together and why don't I just keep calling you and, why, and that there would be some relationships and there would be some things formed in that season that you've got each other's numbers and you're texting. I mean, in July, you're still texting each other, talking about what you learned, talking about how you've grown together, talking about what's going on with your kids, talking about all of the things because you connected in such a way that it was meaningful and it was significant. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. Is that we would have some one another's in our lives who know us, can help lift the burden can get up under the burden with us, can encourage us, and that we can be an encouragement too. This is, this is what we need. Some people who might even from time to time have to protect you from you. But they love you enough to step in, to make the call, to send the message, to go to lunch. This is what God wants for you. So I want to bring the prayer team down. I want to pray over you. And then the worship team is going to lead us in one final song. And if you need prayer for anything in your life during this last song, we invite you. You can come down, receive prayer, receive encouragement. Let somebody agree with you and believe with you. So let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for what you are teaching us, what you are showing us, what you are doing. Uh, even over the last five weeks as we've been talking about these things. Lord, I pray that they would not be just topics that we have talked about, but they would literally be places and areas where we keep coming back to. We keep coming back to walking with you and living in community and, and going to another level in prayer and being generous people, denying our flesh and taking up our cross and following you every day. Lord, let us be people, let us be a church that can say, this is where we live. This is where we dwell. This is what we keep coming back to. And Holy Spirit, I pray as we sing this last song, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that needs prayer for anything in their life, I pray that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So a while back.